Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Bucharest, Romania with my new friend Edward Sturm of Commit.club. Edward lived in Bucharest for two months after evacuating Kiev. He loved Bucharest for its welcoming people, amazing cafes, and abundant parks. In this episode, Edward and I talk about visiting the Palace of Parliament, seeing the Bucharest fountains at Uniri Square, and exploring the Obar Market, one of the greatest farmer's markets in all of Europe. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Eastern Europe, I'd love it if you share this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide of Edward's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bucharest. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Edward, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lee. Today we're talking about Bucharest, Romania. It's a city that I've heard a lot about. I remember back in the, you know, growing up in the 80s, Cicesco was in the news as far as, you know, everything going on as far as bringing in a new government and everything. But you actually just spent a lot of time there recently, and I'm sure you have some really amazing tips. Yeah, so I lived uh, in Bucharest for two months. I hope to return. It's a crazy story because um, I was living in Ukraine for two years. I got a six-month lease a month and a half before the war started in Ukraine because I, I like living in Kiev so much. I left 10 days before the war began, thinking that 2022 was going to be like this year of like, tremendous stability I had the six month lease and uh the war started and i i just was moving to all of these different places and one of those places was bucharest and i had only booked two weeks in bucharest and after the two weeks were up i was so sad to leave but i had to i had to be back in my home in new york city and when i was back in new york i really wanted to return to bucharest and so after spending three months back home, I returned to Bucharest, Romania, and stayed there for a month and a half. That was from August to actually it was even two months. I probably like lived in Bucharest over two months, but it was like August and September of 2022. Yeah, Bucharest, Romania, tremendous city, tremendous people. So I've been there for a while. That's fantastic. Yeah, hopefully uh, it'll inspire a couple other people to follow your your footsteps and and just go there and, and live for a little bit of extended period of time, even if you're not going to be a permanent home. Just go there and do more than like the, the typical American vacation of like a week or so. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, living, living there is, is really wonderful. And I mean, it was, in fact, it was just so nice that like the whole two weeks, my first two weeks there, I was dreading leaving and uh, I just really wasn't looking forward to leaving. And then I was so happy when I returned, it was incredible stability and just a really nice life in a beautiful, inspiring city with great food and great people 
and the weather was good. I was there, you know, when at the end of summer and yeah, superb place. That's fantastic. Yeah. So obviously the people in the city put like a, a strong impression upon you. If you had to describe the people or the city, like just a couple of words, how would you do that? So, you know, it's interesting. I lived all over Eastern Europe. I've lived all over the Balkans, the Baltics, of course, Ukraine. I even lived in Belarus for a month. And, um, and then I've also lived in Central Europe. I'm in Rome right now, and I'll be in Barcelona soon. The people there, because Romanian is a Romance language, partly because of that, are actually um, more on the Western European side. From my experience, they share a lot of similarities in terms of like conservatism regarding what Eastern Europe is like. But culturally, they're a lot more Western European. And the English is really good. There's a lot of English spoken in Bucharest as well. Maybe even more English than I would encounter in suburban neighborhoods in Rome. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I think that's one of the things that stops a lot of people from traveling. You know, obviously, a lot of Americans aren't like Europeans, where Europeans have multiple languages that they learn growing up. Americans, generally, we have one. And maybe we did like a Spanish class, a French class in high school or something like that, right? But when we travel, we're afraid to a certain degree as far as going to a place where we don't know the language and we're afraid that they're not going to be able to understand us and we're not going to be able to understand them. So hopefully it makes it a little bit easier for people to travel to like Romania if they know that English is is well spoken there. Yeah, English is very well spoken. But actually, having been traveling for almost four years now, it's crazy. It's unbelievable how easy it is to travel. Like the Google Translate app can translate words and text in real time and can translate voice in real time. And I've had experiences in different cities where I've had an entire conversation using Google Translate automatic vocal translate feature. That's amazing. Yeah, so easy. Uh, Another thing, you know, when we're traveling to a country like Romania, do we need local currency or is it, you know, are they more on like credit cards and like mobile payments? Romania, Bucharest, like many places in Eastern Europe, you can just use your phone to pay, you know, the tap to pay. You can do that with most places. The one place where you really want to carry the local currency is like the more hole-in-the-wall restaurants, which oftentimes have some of the most authentic food and farmer's markets. And I love, I love to death farmer's markets. I go like as many times, not so much here in Rome because farmer's markets aren't as big as I expected here in Rome, but in Bucharest, it actually had the best farmer's market that I've been to in my life. But farmer's markets, you always want to carry cash. So you're going to bring a, a debit card that allows you to get some cash from like the local bank or you know, before your trip, you know, visit your local branch here in the U.S., get some cash from there. Yeah, it's really easy because there are currency exchange places all over all over Europe. You literally can just bring dollars and then you won't even pay that much. Like you won't lose too much in the currency conversion fees. You can use your debit card to just withdraw from like any ATM and you'll be fine. And I've done it. But your bank will probably charge like a foreign transaction fee for doing that. But if you're not going to go to any of those hole-in-the-wall places, if you're just going to go to like the most popular tourist restaurants, which actually I would advise against, or like chic cafes, which I would advise for, then you're fine. But if you want to have the more like local, authentic experiences, you definitely need to carry some cash. For sure. And I think that's what uh, part of the travel is all about, is getting those local experiences that beyond the touristy stuff and and getting a little bit more in-depth there and getting a little bit more of a feel of what's happening in the culture. Uh, another thing, obviously, with, with the way you travel, you're getting your passport stamped a lot, getting visas and everything to get into the different countries. What was it like getting into Romania? Does it require a visa? Or are they part of the EU? Is it easier to kind of bounce around there? Or how does that work? Romania is part of the EU. It's a NATO country. 
but it is outside of the Schengen area. So you can spend three months in the Schengen area. For those who don't know, that's a lot of the Central European countries. So that's, um, and Americans can spend 90 days out of a 180 day period in Schengen places. And then similarly, like in Romania, 90 days out of 180 days in Romania. And I think actually Romania is its own region. So like Romania and Bulgaria, those are two different regions. Ukraine is its own region. If you're an American, you can just go. You can go and stay for up to three months, up to 90 days. So it's really, really easy. Just show up. And then and then once you've stayed for 90 days and you have to leave for an additional 90 days and, and then you can return after 90 days. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I always look at it as as much as we can remove the hurdles that stops people from traveling internationally, then those are definitely the countries I want people to go to. If you're American, it's just super easy to go to. It, incredible. For Americans, it's very inexpensive. And it, for Europeans as well. And so you, sh- you show up at the airport and you'll pay $10 to take a, an Uber into, into the center where you'll probably have your Airbnb. And I would totally recommend for Airbnbs instead of hotels. In any, in any travel place, you get an Airbnb in the center and then you go to Vodafone, you get a SIM card, which will be five euros for like unlimited data and calls. Crazy, crazy deal for a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's fast too, so fast. And you can tether. You can use your phone as a hotspot. It's like incredible. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I would bring my laptop and go work from like these incredible parks beautiful green parks with all this water. And I'd be sitting there from, with my laptop tethered to my phone and it's super fast Wi-Fi. I do that in a lot of places in Eastern Europe. I love it. That's awesome. So you mentioned with, with the airport there. So uh, if we're flying in, say from the US, probably not going to have a direct flight. We're probably going to stop over like in, in Madrid or, or London or something like that on the way there. And then to actually get into uh, Bucharest, uh, I assume there's a, a major airport there. Yeah, there's a major airport. It's when you when you go to Google Flights, flight will take you to that airport. And it's just outside of the city, but it's not it doesn't take very long to get from that airport into the city. I think my layover when I went back, my layover, yeah, I remember my layover was in Vienna. And then I went from New York to Vienna to Bucharest. Okay, perfect. And then I think it's one of those things that Americans don't really understand as well is that when you fly into Europe, Take your whatever major flight, uh, you know, American or Delta or United or whatever to get over there. Uh, and then once you're there, there's so many different like low cost carriers. Uh, and I know like I think you took like Wizz Air. Is that what it is that they got there? And it's probably a really cheap flight. Yeah, I took Wizz Air. I mean, transatlantic flights. I, I think now they're a lot more than they used to be. Norwegian famously shut down. Norwegian was a low cost carrier. If I recall, I paid like eight hundred dollars for the one way flight from New York to Bucharest. That's not too bad. Okay. And like you said, so we're going to fly in there to the local airport, get a taxi, get an Uber, never take, this is a tip for like pretty much like almost anywhere, but especially like Eastern Europe, always use taxi apps. You won't get ripped off. The times where in Eastern Europe, where I have not used taxi apps, where I've just said, oh, screw it. Let me, let me like, I just want to get to my place. I've been like super ripped off. Always use Uber or Bolt. Bolt is very popular as well different countries will sometimes not allow uber and they'll have their own local taxi apps but bucharest and romania it's not one of those places so you can just take uber and bolt okay perfect perfect and, and like you said that if we want that local experience you know finding like an airbnb or, or a private rental like that is a, is a good way to go are there any parts of town that we should avoid or any parts that hey you know go to this spot because it's really close to all the other attractions that you can just walk to yeah, totally. Definitely don't live in Old Town. That's the most common tourist place to live. And it's loud, it's cluttered, 
it's a little bit dirty because it's so loud. It's the, it's the most like heavily populated tourist area. That's like the type of place where you, you go, where people go to party. Actually, Bucharest is a really safe city. It's very unlikely that you'll get robbed or pickpocketed. But if you were to get robbed or pickpocketed, it would be in, it would be in old town in the tourist area. It's like living in Times Square. You don't want to live in Times Square in New York. I actually was in like a perfect area and I was in what's called sector two. And I was right next to one of the like main avenues in Bucharest called uh, Boulevard du General Georgi. Actually, a better location to give you would be Parkul T&B next to the Universitati subway station. So I lived a few blocks away from the Universitati subway station. And um, that was an incredible location to live. It's a very close walk to Old Town if you want to go. It's a very close walk to one of the like main, most pretty streets in Bucharest called Calais Victoria. And it's a very close walk, like I said, to the Universitate subway station, which runs frequently and reliably and takes you all over Bucharest really easily. And the area itself is up and coming and young and cool and all these cool bars and cafes are around. And you can walk to my favorite farmer's market in Europe and incredible place to live. Yeah. Cool. Well, since you just mentioned the farmer's market there, what's the name of that one? That one is called Obor Market. And it. let me describe. So I've been to farmer's markets all over Europe and Eastern Europe. And I discovered my obsession with farmer's markets when I was living in Kiev. And I used to just go to the supermarkets and, and get the produce there. That's what I was using to cook. And then randomly, because I like exploring cities, I was taking electric scooter around Kiev. And then I, I came across this farmer's market in Kiev. And I'm like, wow, this has a great variety of food. Like, I'll, I'll, I want to return and try it. And I returned a week later to this farmer's market in Kiev, and I got like all these babushka produce, all this babushka vegetables and fruit. And because it was literally babushka's grandmas who were growing <laughs> these things in their in their backyards and then selling them at the farmer's markets. And these vegetables and these fruits were some of the tastiest, most vividly, like vividly tasting pieces of food that I've ever had. And then I was going to the farmer's market three times a week in Kiev. And when I left, I didn't go to the farmer's market as much. And uh, then when I was in New York, especially, I really craved the farmer's market. I really craved that fresh produce. And so off a recommendation, I decided, I checked out one market called Machete Market in Bucharest. And it, it actually kind of disappointed me. Someone told me it was amazing. And then someone else was like, no, was like, no, go to Obor Market. Obor Market is three levels and it's surrounded by bazaars. It's this main like warehouse-like building that's three levels. It is huge. And it has so many people selling produce. It's vegetables, it's fruits, it's incredible pickled foods. Like I would get so much pickled horseradish. And it have oh my god, they love pickled horseradish in <laughs> And it's amazing. Amazing. I pick like pickled foods, flowers, pumpkins, just such a rich variety of foods. Oh, meat. And then the second floor was the meat and the eggs and the cheeses. And you would get like this special super fatty white cheese. Uh, and then all these incredibly fresh meats. Like, let me tell you, these meats were so fresh, you'd put them in your fridge. And if you didn't cook them two days later, they'd go bad because there's no preservatives. But when you eat them, they're juicy and different and you can just tell like this this animal was was raised in a in a garden and killed in the garden in a, in like 
a safe way. It wasn't, this wasn't factory farming. Oh, sure. Sure. And like you said, like if you're, if you're getting an Airbnb, you're going to have access to a kitchen a lot of times. And you know, going to that market is, is a great way to kind of experience and, and get away from like a lot of the process stuff that we have here in the U S all right. So that, I mean, that's a really amazing experience. What are some of the other experiences that we should visit when we're there in, in Bucharest? So Obor Market, probably the, one of the most famous, I can't even call it a restaurant because it's literally like a stand, but it's one of the most popular places to get food in Bucharest. You go to this place, it's called Terrasa Obor, and it's very easy to Google. And it's one of the most famous places to get food in Bucharest. And you feel like you are in an episode of Anthony Bourdain, No, Res- no Reservations. It actually feels like that. And you go and you wait in this line. If you get there really early, like 9 a.m., there won't be a line. And I've done that. Then you go and you get this meat called miti. And the miti is stuffed with all these different kinds of meat, like beef and pork and goose. And it's these sausages, these rolled sausages. And it comes with a dollop of mustard and a roll. And it's so juicy and flavorful. And you eat it in this stand with traditional like Romanian folk music playing on the radio. And the people who are around you, they're not the super well-traveled European types. They're, They're the people who were like born and raised in Romania. And you just feel like you are enmeshed in the culture. That sounds amazing. Yeah, really incredible. The food is so good. I've been there so many times and it's yeah, could not recommend that place enough. And I think that's that's awesome because uh, you know, obviously, food is one of the major things you're going to be doing when you're traveling and checking checking out the local experiences and the local dishes and everything else. What are some of the other things we should do when we're there? Because I know that there's there's some really cool architecture and some some very interesting history in in the city and and some of the the structures there. Yeah, so one of the reasons I love Bucharest so much is its diversity of architecture, because you will see like a communist looking building right next to an old Central European-looking building, right next to a glass skyscraper. And there's such a diversity of facades and buildings and boulevards and avenues and and winding streets and cobblestone streets and new streets. And it's really beautiful. So you should definitely walk up Calais Victoria. You'll see just incredible monuments and buildings on Calais Victoria. And then the Palace of Parliament, which is like Ceausescu, he demolished this neighborhood to build the Palace of Parliament, which is this like crazy communist looking parliament building. And it's so big. It's like a fortress. It's honestly kind of awe-inspiring how it looks. And uh, you have to see that as well. The Neary fountains are breathtaking and awe-inspiring. And especially when you go at night, they're like well-lit and there's this Coca-Cola and Pepsi signs and Gap signs. And <laughs> it, it, it's just so cool. It's like it's like a Bucharest Times Square, but it it really does not disappoint. And then um, I think the parks are are really are really impressive. Parkul Tinuretuli is very nice. And then there's this really big monument the nation's heroes memorial which is like granite it's the red granite monument that sticks out at the end of the park and you walk across the lake to get to it and the park itself is immaculate and large and i stumbled upon that randomly on like one walk that i was going on and um i would check out all of those things for sure yeah you mentioned that Ceausescu. i i saw when i was doing a little research that there's actually a museum for those of us like i know when i, I was very young when when he was kind of thrown out of power and I think it's important to kind of understand some of that history as far as, you know, what's happened in that country, and what, you know, what the leadership was and, and how it affected the way that they live today. And, and going to a museum like the Ceausescu Museum, I think, helps you kind of understand what happened during that time frame. 
Yeah. Well, when I was there, actually, I think it was closed in uh, the Palace of Parliament. I really wanted to go. But yeah, you you still can you still can understand it. And it's also crazy how fast the revolution happened. Like things went from zero to 100 pretty much in a day. Like Ceausescu was overthrown and executed in the same day. And he tried to flee from the Palace of Parliament. His helicopter went down over a highway and then he was brought to a court. Um, with his wife, who actually was like the mastermind. Like the story is like Ceausescu was crying and he was frightened and his wife was just standing there fearless. His wife was like the mastermind behind Ceausescu. It wasn't Ceausescu who was actually making the decisions. And then they were both executed just in front of a wall by a firing squad. And yeah, I think this was in 89 and Ceausescu was cowering and uh, his wife was not. Wow, what a what a story! I think it's one of those things. You know, the, a lot of times the women are, are much stronger than the men, and uh, they're oftentimes the the leader in the relationship. Even though maybe we we present that facade. Uh, a couple other things that I saw that were really cool in that area. There's something called the the Romanian. I'm going to butcher the name probably. The Ateneum, something like that. It's a it basically it's a Athenium. It's uh where like the Philharmonic Orchestra performs, and it seems like just a, just a really gorgeous building. Yeah, it is. It is a gorgeous building. I've walked by it a ton of times. It has these incredible columns and this domed roof. And um, that's but that's the thing, like this building, like it looks like a central European building. If I showed you a picture of this building, you'd think it was Italy. You'd think it was Paris. You, like you think it was France. And no, it's it's Eastern Europe. It's Romania. I mean, a lot of people don't consider that Eastern Europe, but sure. And then another thing that I saw that was really cool is like the, the Dimitri Gusti uh, National Village Museum. It's like an outdoor museum that was really, that's really cool. It's like they have buildings from different eras of Romania. So you can kind of see the evolution of, of the country and the different buildings and houses and everything that are within this, almost like a park, I guess. I don't know if you, if you had a chance to go there, but it looks really cool to kind of just be able to kind of see and touch the, the feel, the, the history of, of the country. No, I didn't have a chance to go to that. But uh, another place that I would recommend, um, and that does sound good, and maybe I'll re- maybe I'll go there when I return. But another place that, that I'd recommend is the Arcole de Triomphe. Um, it's by the, one of the biggest parks, King Mihail Park. The Arcole de Triomphe. It's like this big French arch that you see there by this beautiful park with this gorgeous lake. And I, I want to recommend that as well. Yeah, that sounds stunning. Now, I know that, uh, like we talked about before, that your food is part of the experience and, and part of the reason why we travel. Do you have any other recommendations as far as places to eat that kind of get that really cool uh, local experience? You know, I really also like chic cafes. I like cafes that people go with their computers that have good coffee and good food. And I want to recommend two places that I went to a lot. This one place called Meron. It has a French name. And the coffee is incredible. Really, really, really incredible coffee. And the food is okay, but the coffee is mind mind blowing. And then the other place, and I work from this all the time. And you'll, if you go here to this place, it's called M60. A lot of people will go with their computers. You can bring your computer and work until 10 p.m. And the food is amazing. It's like chic cafe food, and it's incredible, and it's inexpensive, and the coffee is amazing. And so you'll meet digital nomads there, and you and. Same with Marone, but especially at M60, you'll meet digital nomads or you'll meet locals who work in tech and, and they'll usually be young. And that, that place, that place is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's one of those things that, especially if you're traveling and, and you are younger and you're going to be on that extended trip, going to a place like that, maybe it'll inspire you to the next place you're going to travel to. Oh yeah. I took a lot of calls actually about Rome when I was in M60 
you meet people from all over. It's a very, M60 is a cafe where you'll meet people working from their computers and they're from all over Europe and Asia and the United States. That's fantastic. Well, Edward, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Bucharest. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Bucharest, where should they go and what should they eat? You got to go to Terrasa Obor and get the miti. And it's those stuffed sausages. It's famous. It's a famous Romanian food. And it really will not disappoint. Grilled meats from the Balkans are insane. And these are some of the best grilled meats that I've had. Fantastic. Like you said, you actually were there for just a couple of weeks, went back home, then it inspired you to come back, right? Obviously, it's something really pulled you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you had some really amazing memories uh, during your trips. What was one of the things that really stood out uh, the most? It was probably the first time I went to Ober Market, to be honest. It was just when I when I went there and I saw this like beautiful modern city that was like very fairly priced. It was just so comfortable to live in with such nice people and all this modern infrastructure. Honestly, as I'm telling you about it, I'm making myself miss it a ton. And you know what stuck out to me it was how comfortable it was. Oh, that's amazing. I, I love it. Like when you go to some place and it just really strikes you right in your heart where anytime you think about it, you're like, you're like, all right, I got to top on my computer. I got to plan my next trip to go there. Yeah, I would, I would so highly recommend Bucharest. It's such a beautiful place with such great people and it's such a great place to live. I was there for two months and I want to return. For sure. For sure. Well, speaking of good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Bucharest? Happiest happy hour. So, oh, so what's crazy about Romania is that nightlife closes at 6 a.m. And that's even later than New York City, which is 4 to 4.30 a.m. So nightlife closes at 6 a.m. And there's this place off Calais Victory, off like one of the main streets. It's called Control Club. And it's a really, really good club and bar. People from all over Bucharest, all over Europe go here. And uh, you'll really enjoy this place. Very well-known place. And it really doesn't disappoint. Oh, fantastic. And one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. It helps me give like a, a little bit of a taste of home if I've, been, if I've been gone for a while, you know, get a little homesick. But what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Bucharest? Okay, I have a place. And actually, I remember I walked by this place. The pizza looked so good. And I'm like, I need to go there. And I returned a few days later. And it gives you that rectangular, those rectangular slices. And it's called Trevi Pizza, T-R-E-E-V-I Pizza. And they serve it to you on these wooden slabs. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good pizza, I, I must say. And I'm from New York, so I, I would recommend it. That's awesome. And considering that you went to Rome right afterwards, like you're already kind of in that, that mindset, right? Of, uh, of getting that good pizza. Yeah, I finally had pizza from where it came from in Naples uh, the other day. That's crazy. That's It's so different from pizza in the United States, pizza in Naples. Oh, sure, sure. Now, uh, obviously, you travel around almost constantly uh, with all your adventures and everything like that. Throughout that, I'm sure you've amassed some really good tips as far as helping you be more efficient and, and save money and things like that. So what's your best travel tip? You know, a lot of people, they stay in hotels. And frankly, I think that's, I think that's stupid, uh, especially if you're going to... No, I just generally think it's stupid. Even in Italy, I'm staying in an Airbnb. I would recommend staying in an Airbnb. If you use filters, you can find places that are pretty well priced. And uh, if you stay in an Airbnb, you get a full apartment versus a hotel where you don't. So I would recommend get an Airbnb. Never stay with someone who is not a super host. Always get a super host and always read the reviews. If you're doing a long stay, 
use the filters to check things that are important for you, such as maybe like having a desk if you have a computer and you have, I travel with an external monitor, so I always need to stay in a place with a desk. You want to have a place that has its own washing machine, so you don't need to do dry cleaning, so you can just wash your clothes yourself. Having a kitchen is really great. I cook religiously. I love having a kitchen. But the biggest tip is use Airbnb, always stay with Superhost, and always read the reviews. Always take taxis from taxi apps. This, yeah, pretty much always applies. Always take taxis from taxi apps. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I actually did my first Airbnb stay probably about six months ago, and we had a really great experience. The the host was was fantastic, very responsive and everything. But I heard a lot of like horror stories, right? As far as like cancellations at the last minute, or the pictures don't exactly look like the actual spot. But hearing your experience, that's fantastic, and I'm going to try using it more often. The worst Airbnb I stayed in was in Vienna, and I remember thinking like, oh, like should I do this? It's not a super host. Okay, I'll gamble it. I'll risk it, and it was it was really bad. And read the reviews. If there's a lot of reviews, that's usually better. Like you want to stay in a place with a super host and a lot of reviews. It's pretty hard to go wrong there. Well, that makes sense. Well, Edward, again, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Edward underscore Sturm. Me and my friends, uh, we, we founded this company when we were living in Kiev. It's me and then my friend and co-founder who's from Hamburg and then another friend who's from Kiev himself. And we created this company called Commit Club, which allows you to do 30-day challenges alone or with friends. And you can put in different incentive mechanisms, such as you can have human accountability partners, or you can even like pledge money, like I'm going to do this every day for the next 30 days, or I lose this amount of money. That money will go to your friends who, who do it. And um, so we made a platform for doing basically like 30-day challenges. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, I think that having those accountability partners really helps you stay focused and, and achieve your goals. Yeah, and it's crazy because when you travel a lot, it's really hard to maintain habits. And if you have accountability partners or if you have pledged money on something, that's the most important thing that you do each day because you don't want to lose that money and you don't want to you don't want your friends to see that you failed your challenge. And so if you want to develop a habit. Yeah, especially when they're your friends, like not only are they going to get your money, but then they're going to have bragging rights over you for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you lose, you're going to have to like find a whole bunch of new friends. Uh, so that way <laughs> you don't have to hear about it forever. Right? Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely, we'll include links to all this in the, in the show notes. And Edward, again, it was a great talking to you and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I hope you check it out. What an awesome conversation with Edward. You can find all the links we talked about and our one-page guide of Edward's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Bucharest. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Escalante, Utah, to speak with my good friend Ranger Rose McHenry, the author of Trip Tales, from family camping to life as a ranger. In this episode, Ranger Rose and I talk about exploring Grand Staircase National Monument, attending Escalante Heritage Days, and hiking to Calf Creek Falls. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. 
make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.